Hey everyone, I'm Jason Crandall, your host of Yoga Land's Yoga Teacher Companion. And we have been talking about forearm balance and handstand quite a lot in the last few videos. We did a really important video on creating more range of motion, so more spaciousness and flexibility and openness in your shoulders for these poses. And we also did another video for creating more strength in your shoulders for these poses. But in this episode, what I wanna do is break down my four favorite hand, arm, and shoulder positions for forearm balance, for Pinchimayarasana. And as I do this, everyone, I wanna show you the four different positions, the context in, what I, in which I use them, and in some ways, they're pro, the pros and the cons of them. So you can think through how these different options work for your various students. And the first thing that I wanna show you does not require a block. So one of the nice things about it is it's incredibly user-friendly. The other nice thing about it is that it is incredibly similar to headstand. So not tripod headstand, but Shirshasana 1. So there is a relative ease of use in this setup. Let me show it to you real quick. So I usually call this, everybody, I call this headless headstand or forearm balance version 1. It's the same setup as you would for headstand without the head on the ground, and it's the same setup for dolphin. So all you do is you go elbows shoulder width apart, and you get a good strong interlace of the fingers. I actually really like to bring the heels of my hands together when I do this and give a good squeeze. So I don't encourage you to measure the width of your shoulders by holding the elbows like this. If you want to do this because it's grounding and comforting for you before you go up, that's fine. But this is just no real accurate measurement. The easiest way to measure out shoulder width apart is just look down, right? You can see your elbows and your shoulders simultaneously. So elbows go underneath the shoulders, heels of the hands go together, fingers interlace, you ground strongly through the outer wrist. Now one thing that's really important in this pose with this setup is that you don't let the, the, this wrist, the inner wrist, roll laterally. So I'm pressing really strongly down and I want this thumb side of the wrist stacked directly over the pinky side of the wrist. Now everybody, the reason that this is such a good initial position for forearm balance is really twofold actually. So number one, Anytime you join the two sides of the body, you reinforce their strength. So when I interlace the fingers and I bring the two hands together, I'm reinforcing the strength of both arms by coupling them together. The other thing is when the arm is set in a position where the elbows are shoulder width, but the forearms are more narrow than shoulder width, you have a relatively easy ask with regards to range of motion for the shoulder. So the more forearm parallel, the more you have the forearms parallel to each other, the greater the demand for shoulder flexibility is. Whereas when you bring those hands together, the elbow stays shoulder width apart, but as those hands go together, that slight adduction of the forearm results in less total demand for shoulder flexibility, okay? The other thing, everybody, I guess really the third point is when the forearms, when the hands are together, the forearm is in a neutrally rotated position. It's not 
palm down, which is internally rotated. We're going to talk about that soon. It's not palm up, which is externally rotated. We're going to talk about that soon. It's in a neutral position. So this setup, everybody, is my favorite setup for people that are newly developing forearm balance or people that are just working on the strength and it's appropriate for them to be getting upside down, but they don't quite have either the spatial awareness or the raw postural strength to go up with those hands more separated. So this is a very, we'll put it like this, this is a perfect entry level setup for people. The second way I like to set people up for this is similar, but it uses a block, okay? Now I know that sometimes even just using one prop, a belt, the wall, a block, a bolster, I know that's a barrier to entry for some. But everybody, tools, once we learn how to use them, typically make our job a little bit more efficient. So even though there's a little bit of a learning curve and it can be a little bit of a, it can be a little bit of a hassle to get blocks or whatever it is, it is more than worth most people's while. So here's the setup, everyone. This is the second version. So what we do in this is I have my block here, okay? And I, I'm, not, I'm not putting the block just between my hands. I'm certainly not taking it between my forearms. This is never gonna be a good setup for anyone. I'm taking it between my hands and I'm wrapping my fingers around the backside and with my thumbs, I'm capping down. So what I have here, everybody, is a really good hold, right? I have this good, solid grip of the block. And even though my hands are not directly connected like they were in the first round, they're connected via the grip of the block. So what this is doing, everybody, is this is taking the arms, the forearm specifically, in greater parallel to each other. That's how this version and the previous version are different. In the previous version, the forearms are adducted. And in this version, they're not. In this version, the forearms are in parallel. So there's a greater demand for range of motion in the shoulders. This is gonna be a little bit more demanding. But it is also, with the forearms in parallel, it's more similar to how the pose evolves in the next iterations. So it's a really good like first way to step into the forearms being in parallel to each other. Now, in both of these versions that we've seen so far, version one and version two, so interlaced and then um, holding the block. And, and like when I say holding block, I mean, this version, you have a really good tethered grip on that, okay? In both of these versions, we're assuming the student is at the wall. These are not really good um, versions to learn how to balance in, okay? These are learning to get upside down with a teacher's support and or the wall. Now, one thing I wanna caution you against, a very common error and like a, a strange like logical a strange moment of um, us as people often being illogical, okay? I mean that with loving kindness. It took me like 20 years to figure this out. The block is not shoulder width for most people, okay? So this version and the next two, we're using a block. The block is not going to be shoulder width for most people. It's more narrow, 
but that's okay. I think a lot of times what happens is when we use a block, our hands are shoulder width apart, excuse me, our hands are block width apart, but that doesn't mean our elbows have to be. So everybody, if you look, right, just because my hands are holding the block, that doesn't mean that my elbows need to stay block width apart. I can take my elbows shoulder width apart. So your elbows are gonna be slightly wider than the hands because the hands are block width apart, but the elbows are shoulder width apart, okay? So your target width for elbows in all of these positions is the shoulder. The block is just a different, the block is for the hands, not for the shoulders, okay? That's really important to keep that in mind. Another thing that I love actually about this version of the pose, everybody, is in this version of the pose, like in the previous version, the forearm is neutral. It's not internally rotated, it's not externally rotated. So even though it's a little bit harder than the previous option because the arms are in, are in parallel, the forearms are in parallel and that requires greater range in the shoulders, the forearm is neutrally rotated and that's easier than the next two versions. Third version, and I will say, unfortunately, this is often people's first version, and I don't think it's a good idea, okay? Let me show you, and then let me tell you why we wanna not make this the first way we teach the pose, okay? So this is the most common. It's the palm down version, okay? And when we do the palm down version, nice and simple, we take the index fingers on the corners of the blocks, and then I actually wanna discourage you from taking the thumbs 90 degrees to the index fingers. So just because this is a right angle that you're gonna put your thumb on, that doesn't mean that you need to take the index finger and thumb at a right angle. If you take them at a right angle, you'll often um, pull the forearm in, which lifts the inner wrist up. So everybody, when you do this version, which I'm gonna build out a little bit more in a moment, go like this. You see if you look closely, everybody, you see how my thumb is not 90 degrees to my index finger. How there's some space between the webbing of my thumb and the block itself. That's how you wanna work. That's a good, strong position for the thumb. That is a, a mechanically disadvantaged position. So now watch. And then I'm gonna tell you the problem about learning this first. So when you go palms down, the index fingers are block width apart, but you keep the elbows shoulder width apart. The thumbs, I just described them, and you have palm down. Now those fingers should grip a little bit, everybody, and the upside of this position is there's a lot of tactile feedback. When those palms are down, so whether you're using a block or not using a block, okay, with the palms down, you have good grip, and you have good information, and you have a relatively high amount of mental comforts, okay? These poses might be scary for you or your students, but at very least in this version, you have the engagement of the hands. You have the control and the feedback loop of the hands, and that's a good thing. But here's what is a very difficult aspect of this pose, is that when people go palms down, they are therefore internally rotating the forearm. And very often when people 
internally rotate the forearm, they abduct, they take the elbow wide and they disengage the external rotators of the shoulder. So for so many people, everybody, palm down actually unfortunately equals elbows wide and the shoulder muscles that we need to have engaged, they disengage, okay? So palm down is the easiest for the mind. It's the easiest for the orientation. It's the easiest for balancing once you have good, stable shoulders. But in terms of learning the pose, don't start with palms down. It's too likely that the elbows are gonna splay and the palms are gonna turn in. So if you or any student are struggling with palms moving in and elbows splaying, even with a block, everybody, wait and work on the first version and the second version until you build that strength in the shoulders, okay? Now the other upside about this version, whether you're using a, a block or not, is balance is relatively easy, right? This is just a pose that I can, I've done for a long time and I can work just fine, but the nice thing about palm down is palm down is the easiest one to balance in because you have the feedback of the hands, okay? So palm down is really the version that you wanna start to use after you've done the first two versions at the wall and you've gotten oriented and you're starting to balance. Now, final version, my favorite version, this is the version that A, freaks some people out and B, light bulbs go off in the best possible way. Both happen almost simultaneously. This is the palm up version. So the palm up version, everybody, is exactly what we call it, exactly what it sounds like. Instead of going index finger side to the block, you go pinky finger side to the block, okay? And when you do this, when you go pinky finger side to the block, you roll the back of the thumbs towards the floor. So my pinky fingers are block width apart. My elbows are still shoulder width apart. I'm not taking my elbows block width apart. They're shoulder width apart. I'm rolling the back of the thumbs towards the floor. And why does this freak some people out? Because it takes away the orientation that your fingers provide you. And it takes away the control that your fingers provide you. And it takes away the comfort that your fingers provide you. That's the downside to it. But what's the upside to it? Well, the upside to it is the inverse of the previous pose, the previous setup, which is when you go palms down, that tends to push the elbows out unless you are really good at learning how to control that, which you can be and you will be, but it takes time. On the other hand, when you go palms up, Palms up, pulls the elbows in. So the best version for elbows not splaying is palms up. Because when you rotate the back of the thumbs towards, each, towards the floor and you're externally rotating the forearms, you will be much more strongly engaging the external rotators within the shoulder cuff. And in doing so, those elbows tend to stay in position and better yet, you tend to create more stability in the shoulder joint, which for many people leads to balance in the pose. 
So everybody, here's my wish for you, like for all these companions. Get out there and practice these. I'm not creating um, a scenario where it has to be one of these poses. I'm saying the best way to become incredibly proficient and the best way to meet your students where they are is to have a, at least a few different ways to do the same thing. Okay, so each one of these versions teaches a really unique component of the pose. Each one of these versions provides you with something extraordinary. Now, before I let you go, I wanna troubleshoot one thing. When people use a block, whether they're holding it here, they're holding it here, or they're holding it here, sometimes they struggle with the head running into the block, okay? And immediately people will think, oh my God, it's my proportions. It's not your proportions, okay? No one I have ever met has a longer head and neck than me. If this was about proportions, I should be banging my head off the block and I'm not ever. My head's not going anywhere near the block. If your head is running into the block, the block is either A, in the wrong place, if it's down here be between your forearms, it's 100% the wrong place, okay? So the block is not here, it's here. Or it's here, or it's here. But the block is between the hands, which everybody, that means you have an entire forearm's length of clearance between where your head should be, which is actually between the elbows, and where your block is, which is between the hands, okay? So it's not, a proportion thing, it's a where you're putting your head thing, watch. If my shoulders go a little bit too far forward and down, I'll even do it first in dolphin, right? If my shoulders stay directly above my elbows, my head will not touch the block. But if my shoulders go forward of my elbows, even a few degrees, my head's gonna touch the block, okay? So watch, this is the most common scenario where that head is touching the block. Even before people are coming up, look, we're going too far forward. Look, my head is touching the block because my shoulders are too far forward. Now look, my head is not touching the block. Touching the block, not touching the block. Now watch me in the pose, okay? Okay, head's touching the block, why? Because my shoulders are too far forward and my head is too far forward. Look, I'm not gonna change my proportions, I'm gonna change where I'm putting my head, okay? So even if you're looking down, right, I can relax the neck, but even if you're looking down, look, you're not looking down like this, the head's there. So in these poses, everybody, your head should be between the elbows not forward of the elbows, okay? So that's what you have to really work on, that's, but that doesn't invalidate the block, okay? So work on these things, let me know how it goes, and have fun with this stuff, everybody. And don't forget, I'd love for you to follow this channel uh, and go to jasonyoga.com for more.